On this episode with my guest, Kara Marie from Georgia, Atlanta, we talk about failures and redirections, the loaded language of failure, what we think about failure, and how we talk about failure. I am Sarah Oseki, and this is She Table Talk Podcast. Hello, Kara Marie. Thank you so much for joining me on the table today. Sarah, so excited to be with you today and looking forward to our conversation. Okay, so today we're talking about uh, failures and redirections, the loaded language of failure, more about uh, Findlay House and all that. So just go ahead and quickly tell us about yourself. Yes, so my name is Cara Marie Finley. I am the founder and principal consultant at Finley House Global. We are a community and global development um, consulting company. And what we do is we collaborate with the communities that are being impacted by our clients. That could be um, governments, international NGOs, and also local nonprofits, charities, and foundations. And we just work together with those people in the communities to help um, assist them with defining their needs and wants Um, and we know that no one knows a community better than the people and improving our local communities and the people who are being affected they need to be a part of that process and that's where we come in and help our clients um, ensure that they are in tune with what's happening in the community and the community's priorities. You've talked a lot about uh, development while you were telling us about uh, Findlay. So tell us, why is development so important in all of this? So I think um, development is uh, an idea that a lot of people think don't concern them or a sector. So some people, number one, might not even know that it's really a field of work. Um, But number two, it's important because it affects everybody. So anything regarding your community, how you live, um, access to fresh water, access to fresh food, um, access to good education, all of that is a part of development. And so any decisions being made about that, we should be a part of because it affects our lives. And so that's one of um, one of the things we try to do is educate people about how it affects their lives. And that's something that most people don't even recognize. Okay. So what is the significance of the name Findlay House Global? So actually, um, Finley is my last name. But beyond that, never been a person that wants, you know, to have my business, my name in my business. But Finley actually means warrior, um, an impartial warrior. And so when we think about being in development, it's really championing and, and being a warrior for justice and for um, people having a say in their life and the kind of life they want to lead and ensuring that they have the access to the resources they need to lead those lives. How did the company come about? What was it that made you choose this path? Yes, so um, that's interesting, right? We're here to talk about failure today. And I would say it's a succession of failures that led me into the field of development. Um, So I would say, number one, I started 
going to a university I never planned on going to. So I failed to go to my number one choice at the time. Um, but when I went to university, I actually met um, Kaya Castillo um, as part of my work with a nonprofit organization, Children Organ Transplant Association. Um, and in that role, I got to help fundraise and create awareness um, about Kaya. She was 15 years old. She needed a double lung transplant and needed to raise in excess of $500,000 um, US dollars to get this lung transplant. And so one of the things when we work in the nonprofit world is, you know, we know the power of storytelling, but one thing that I learned from intuition was everybody who met Kaya from her doctors and nurses to anybody um, knew how much, how filled with life she was. And so when you try to raise money for her, it was never from a place of this poor girl. It was, wow, she's so amazing, so full of life because they got to hear her tell her story in her own words um, that people were inspired to give. And so that taught me, number one, the power of people telling their own stories and, and letting them choose the way and the light in which they would be seen. So Kaya was one of those that influenced your work at Findlay House Global. Absolutely. If I would never have met her, I don't think I would have gotten involved in the nonprofit world um, as much. And certainly everything that came after that, wanting to be able to give 100%, um, she's definitely re the reason for that. How is Kaya today? She actually passed away in 2011. Mm -hmm. So uh, I met with her, met her in 2009. Um, and then she got her lung transplant in 2010. Um, so she was able to live for another year after that. And um, she passed away at 17 um, from complications from transplant. Uh, but her mother and I are still very, very close today. So all of what I'm doing, I think, is in honor of her. So tell us about growing up and upbringing. Yeah, so I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. Um, and to my fellow Jamaicans, that's always a joke. We, we joke and say that everybody's from Kingston, which is the capital. Uh, but no, my parents were living there at the time. My mother was working at the University Hospital, University of the West Indies. Um, and so I was born there, but my family is really from Linstead. That's where I know. Um, and my mother actually is from St. Mary. Uh, but at a young age, we migrated to the United States first, um, New York, lived there for a few years. And then my father discovered Florida, um, which is actually very close to Jamaica. I think it's maybe a 90 minute flight. Um, and so we moved to Florida, the weather is warmer, similar climate. And then I ended up relocating to Georgia, which is where I am now in Atlanta. How has your upbringing and Jamaican heritage influenced your work so far? Yeah, I think um, a lot of it is influenced in everything that I do. So number one, knowing just the challenges of coming from a vulnerable region like the Caribbean, um, 
that's number one and, and kind of seeing how anytime I have gone back home to Linston in particular, not much has changed. And yet there are always projects happening in Jamaica to improve the livelihood of the people there. Um, so why, you know, why haven't things changed even though there's constantly money um, going towards these programs? So that's definitely opened my eyes to just how development and traditional development has not worked in the past, even though there's money and resources, they're not going to the right people or they're not being spent the right way. Um, so that's influenced me. But above all, I think we like to say that what we're doing is people-centered development. And that's just something that I learned from, especially my grandmother, that you just have to love people. When you love people, you have this sense of empathy. You, What you want for yourself, the good you want for yourself, you also want for others. So that has been probably the most influential thing from my upbringing um, that we bring to the work every day is wanting people um, to have their dignity, to have their voices heard, um, and to put them at the center of anything regarding development. Okay, that's a nice one. All right, today our main discussion is uh, failures and redirection. We're talking about the loaded language of failure, what we think about failure and how we talk about failure and how it affects us and all that. So first, before you continue, I want to ask you what is loaded language? Yes, so loaded language is language that can either influence a person to have positive feelings or influence a person to have negative feelings. So there's an emotional dimension to it. Um, so some words might make you feel happy and some words might make you feel sad. Um, and all of that comes with emotional baggage that we tend to take with it. Um, so for example, we're talking about failure. A lot of times we say failure is a loaded word because a lot of times we wrap our identity in that event. In whatever event we classify as a failure, we tend to think that um, we're upset, we're disappointed in ourselves, we feel um, like we're not good enough. All of that tends to be packed into that one word of failure. Okay, so you shared with me a part of your life where things that did work out the way it was supposed to, which was what's gave birth to the discussion of today. So just go ahead and tell us all of that and the failures and redirections and all of our discussions for today. Yes, so I think again, um, I most see it now in my uh, like university years and beyond. So like I said before, uh, I did not want to go to the university I went to. I went to the University of Florida. That was not my intention at the time. Um, so that was a failure on its own. I, in my own view, I failed to do the thing that I wanted to do um, in that moment. I had other plans, um, but I ended up going to the University of Florida, but it was there in this failure and that I got a chance to meet Kaya. I got a chance to work with the Children Organ Transplant Association. Um, but even there, while I was studying there, I initially entered as a marketing major. Um, that's what I was studying the program. Um, but eventually between different coursework um, 
and needing to take a class that I had already taken again, um, I felt like that's not what I needed to do. And so my initial plan of graduating in two years ended up being extended to three years. And I actually ended up graduating um, with a degree in English, which was again, not my plan. I failed <laughs> to graduate in the time frame I planned and also with the degree I initially planned. And then when you graduate in English, especially um, with a Jamaican upbringing, the, the thinking is, oh, you'll be a teacher. And that wasn't what I wanted to do. I kind of already knew that, but I didn't know what else to do um, essentially. So I did, I tried teaching um, for about a year and I really loved the children. I didn't like the politics around um, getting approvals, the different processes in place. And I just didn't enjoy that part of it. And so then I felt like, okay, I'm failing at teaching. So now what? Um, so in the middle of all of that, I started doing some more work with nonprofits because that was something I had um, familiarity with. Um, I had stopped for a while because after Kaya passed away, um, I felt like maybe nonprofit work would be too close to home and would would emotionally affect me in ways that I didn't want it to. And so I avoided it for a long time. Uh, but failing in teaching led me then to go back to nonprofits. And then I was able to first start as an independent consultant um, doing more communications work in particular. Um, and then the projects grew larger. And then eventually I saw the common thread in the work that I was doing. And the projects were getting so large that I had to start subcontracting out to other people. And so eventually I thought I would be able to bring more value if um, I created a company and was able to have a team that could work with me. But all of those things, um, failing to go to the university I wanted to go to, failing to graduate in the time frame I wanted to, failing to graduate with the, the diploma I initially thought I was going to have, um, failing in teaching, all of that were really stepping stones that kind of led me to where I am, um, to the position I am to create this company and to help other people um, who want to make a difference in their local communities um, be heard. So all, all of that to say that failure really ended up just being redirection for me. And that's a mindset shift that failure is not defining who you are, but that no experience is wasted. And all of it plays an important part into who you are becoming. Okay, so what was the university of your choice? Um, I wanted to go to University of Central Florida because at the time I was young uh, and that's where my best friend was going. So of course I wanted to be with my best friend, but my parents on the other hand uh, had other ideas for me and made sure that the University of Florida and that Central Florida was where I ended up. But I now that I'm older and can look back, you know, that set the whole course um, for my life. Cause if Kaya definitely changed it and I definitely would not have met her if I had not been there at the time. I think that we just need to reframe how we think about failure. I think a lot of times it's an end all. 
we think we let it define, even if it's um, a moment, but we, we carry that baggage with us. We feel like a disappointment and really anybody who has ever tried anything new has failed. And so we just have to have that understanding. I think if we actually shoot for failure, then we wouldn't be so down on ourselves in those times where we do fail. And if we recognize failure for what it really is, information that we didn't have before. So if you try it and you fail, then you know what no longer works and you won't try it that way again. All at, at the very least, I think failure is just gathering information we don't already have. But at the best, it's redirection to get us to where we need to be. And so I think sometimes we have to decide maybe what the lesson is. It, the lesson might be try again in this area. You have new information, try again. Or the lesson might be, okay, that's not for you. Shift over here and, and try something else. So we have to determine based on the information we gather from those different failure events, what we need to do with that information. But I think that's why people are so ashamed of failure. I think that's why uh, we see failure as a bad word. We don't wanna talk about our failures as much as we wanna talk about our accomplishments, but definitely failures have led up to even our very accomplishments. And again, anything that's new, anyone who has ever tried anything new has likely failed the first time and just went back at it again. Okay, so tell us some of the things you have succeeded in so far. Uh, I would say, I think for number one right now is marriage. I was able to get married. I was able to find an awesome partner who supports me, um, not only in a family and in a marriage, but also with the work, um, who's fully on board with what we're doing. Uh, but also just a great um, man and a great father to our kids. And I would say balancing, keeping two little humans alive is a great accomplishment. But also anytime we get to work with community members who are being affected um, by some kind of community development and getting them in a position where they feel like they can contribute or their voices heard, those are my greatest accomplishments, um, is knowing I have the right person beside me, helping me um, in marriage and family and life um, and keeping children alive and, and the legacy that we're leaving for them to know that the world is important. Everybody is your neighbor. What you want for yourself, you should want for others. And then you should do something about that, whatever form that may take. Um, and then listening to people because everybody has a story. Everybody is important. Everybody has something to offer. Um, and that's something that we say um, at Finley House Global. We're not trying to empower people because I think the idea of empowerment is somebody has power to give other people who don't have power. And that's still this hierarchical um, understanding of development, which we don't subscribe to we repower. So everybody has power. Maybe that power is dormant. Maybe that power is inactive and, and needs to be re-engaged, but they have it. And so we can come along and help reignite it through social education. Uh, we can help rebuild power centers among the people. So 
local or smaller um, organizations that are already doing effective work coming with them and then replacing ineffective leadership because leaderships um, are a source of power. And so making sure that the people, whether in government or who are leading these different organizations, that they are in tune with the people at the center who really matter. So all of that, I think, is a part of accomplishment. You are a wife, you are a mom, and uh, you have a family you're taking care of. So let's talk about this. How do you manage to juggle being a wife, a mom, and you're also working full time? Yeah, a lot of it is help. <laughs> uh, realizing in this journey of a life in general that we all need each other. And so how I juggle it is definitely help. Help from my husband, um, help from our extended family members who might come in and, and visit and prioritizing. I think time is helpful as well when we're able to do that. I can be effective um, as a wife, as a mother um, in my work. It's just prioritizing things and, and setting those boundaries so that everything kind of gets the proper attention that it deserves. Okay, so is there anything else you would like to share with us? Yeah, I think going back to the topic of failure, we just need to not be so afraid of the word failure. I think we need to embrace it. We need to run towards it. Um, if we desire something, then we just have to work at it and get better and not be afraid or intimidated by the time it might, might take to work towards something or to work on something to get better, to look at failure again as an event um, and not your identity, to look at failure as a lesson, maybe even if, if you can't get past the word failure, then change it to lesson learned. Um, you got more information that you didn't have before and it's okay. So I think being, I think I want for all of us not to be afraid of failure and just to realize that it's all helping us get to where we need to be. Okay, so far from the story you've shared with us, your encounter with uh, Kaya Findlay has global, your Jamaica upbringing, failures and all of that. What would you say is your definition of freedom? My definition of freedom would be expressing yourself and not just expressing yourself verbally and saying whatever you want to say, because that can be irresponsible. But what you that if you got out would help the world around you, that I think is freedom, expressing yourself in a way that helps others. I want you to tell us if our listeners would like to reach out to you or connect with you one way or the other, how would they do that? Yes, so they could visit, um, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, at Repower. Okay, is there anything you would like to promote, maybe a book, a blog post, or anything you know would benefit our listeners? So yes, right now on the blog, we're talking about um, loaded language in development. And so going back to wanting to educate people on how development affects their everyday life, uh, we recognize that this sector, this field, 
oftentimes uses language that's hard to decode. And so the emotion that it elicits is confusion. And a lot of times people say, okay, well, that has nothing to do with me because I don't even understand what the people are talking about. But it, it, it does affect you. And so on the blog, we're talking about just unpacking some of that loaded language. Um, for example, referring to one country as first world and then another country as third world. That's loaded. Everybody is going to want to think that the first world country is better. Everybody then makes assumptions about third world living. Um, so that's loaded language to us. And, and how do we go about letting people know that development is happening in every country, even countries that are more economically developed. Um, they are marginalized communities. I'm living right now in the United States. We have a lot of marginalized communities here. Um, the black communities here in particular have been marginalized, are often underserved. So every country is developing on some level. And so getting rid of some of that loaded language um, of first world, third world, or developed and developing as though the developed countries don't need to develop more um, is part of what we're doing through education and really letting people know. To our last question for this episode, I'd want you to debunk one or two myths about failure. So I think, again, number one myth about failure is that if you fail at something, you can't be the I think if we go back through history, we'll see many cases where people, for example, starting businesses, they started multiple businesses and they failed initially in some of those businesses. And then later on, they end up becoming, you know, wealthy because of a business that they started. So just because you fail at one thing doesn't mean you can't become the best at it later on down the line. Um, so that's one myth. It's okay to to fail multiple times even. If this is for you, you'll get it right, you'll figure it out. And the second myth is um, failure doesn't have to define you. Um, and I think we inherently know that because we try to talk about the accomplishments, but in doing that, sometimes we try to ignore the failure and we ignore the lessons that come from the failure. So I think the number two myth in Failure doesn't have to define you and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Talk about your failures more. I think people can relate to failure even more than accomplishment sometimes. And when you wanna find that common ground, if you say where you failed in the past, um, that just gives more transparency and gives you more credibility with the people that you're talking to. Okay, Kara Mary, thank you so much. This is a great story you've shared with us today. I think uh, most times the society gives us room to share a success story, but they don't really give us the room to share our failure stories, the times we fail, the times we had to start all over and all that. And most of the times those are the things that people want to hear. People That's what we need to hear, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, they want to know how you started again at 30. 
they want to know how you started again at 40. And, and because most times when people come to this age of 30, 40, they feel like I'm a total failure. I, I, I can't start all over. I just have to get used to this life and all that. But hearing all these from you, it is a great thing to know about the loaded language of failure and all that. So I, have, I haven't really heard it that way before. So thank you so much for sharing with us, Kara Mary. Absolutely. And thank you, Sarah, for allowing me to be here and just for what you're doing through your podcast and your platform um, and allowing other women to share and tell their stories and not limiting them to just one side, but really sharing all of and the fullness of who they are with their failures and accomplishments, um, with the lessons that they're learning and want to share with others. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review on Apple Podcast, or simply subscribe from whatever platform you're listening from. Follow the conversation online. You can find us on Instagram at SheTableTalkPodcast, on Twitter at SheTableTalk. All other details about the podcast and our guest for this episode can be found on the show notes. She Table Talk is much more than just a podcast. It is a platform for connecting humans with true stories. Visit the podcast website from the show notes to listen to previous episodes. You can fill the guest form on the show notes if you would like to share your story on the podcast. Thank you and goodbye.